And so I think now we're laying the kind of financial groundwork for NFTs being more compatible with DeFi. And as this happens, this will be built and, and brought to market largely with the NFTs that were explored in phase one. Hey, everybody. Tanner here with Wagme Ventures. On today's episode, we have Nick Emmons, co-founder and CEO at Upshot. For anyone who's new, this is the Wagme Ventures podcast, where we do snapshots with interesting founders from across Web3. Check out wagmeventures.io to learn more about the syndicate behind the podcast. But for now, let's get into it with Nick from Upshot. Everybody, I'm here today with Nick Emmons, co-founder and CEO at Upshot. Nick, how's it going today? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show. I'm pumped to chat all about NFTs. So maybe here to start, just tell me a little bit about your background professionally. You know, maybe really like how did you end up in Web3 to start? And then also kind of anything relevant leading up to kind of starting Upshot? Yeah, I get this question a lot. And I always forget the the sort of origin moment that got me into web three it was sometime in like 2014 ish where when i started to get exposed to it and I, this memory of kind of immediately falling down the rabbit hole and and it becoming sort of everything i thought about everything i i kind of read about and and i, I kind of immediately knew that this is what i wanted to do with my life and i think probably the most relevant kind of professional experience outside of upshot is prior to this i was leading blockchain development at john hancock and manulife large asset manager and insurance company in the US and Canada. And we were primarily doing research around decentralized insurance and how to kind of price and pool esoteric risk of, of especially kind of long tail situations. And so that's that's a lot of the research that kind of biased the 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 kind of direction that that we wanted to move in with Upshot initially kind of building out some insurance infrastructure with Upshot on top of a new mechanism to kind of incentivize people to answer subjective questions honestly and then that sort of evolving into what we are today which is this this kind of suite of financial infrastructure for NFTs largely built on top of our ML powered NFT appraisals very cool okay so I want to obviously talk a lot about Upshot and, you know, have a lot to talk about there for sure. I think one thing I'm I'm always curious about, at least more recently, is, you know, do you feel like your background served as any kind of foundation for seeing opportunities others didn't in the direction of what would ultimately become Upshot? Like, were those seeds kind of planted already in some way in your journey? Yeah, I'd say so. I think a lot of, like, the focus that that we were taking in exploring decentralized insurance and especially like enabling insurance to exist in a decentralized environment for long tail non-parametric risk sort of exposed me to especially kind of esoteric fields of, of academic research that spurred a lot of the early thinking and, and motivation around Upshot. In particular, like in exploring ways to bring insurance systems online in a decentralized fashion, I got exposed to this field of research called peer prediction, which is a fairly new kind of field of mechanism design research, kind of overlaps with information theory a bit. And it's it's focused on on doing what I mentioned earlier, which is kind of incentivizing people to answer subjective questions, honestly, because that's at the core of so many of the problems around insurance and other problems in the space, pricing and liquid assets in general, the Oracle problem, information curation, things like that. Got it. That's super interesting. Okay. So one last question before we jump into Upshot, where, you know, one narration of the NFT space might be kind of 
you know, its emergence and then transition soon thereafter into what could be called kind of a speculative bubble, a lot of activity, and then, you know, really like kind of a crash. And then there's over the past, you know, several months, kind of this gradual resurgence into new categories of NFTs, sometimes with, you know, utility, sometimes with other value. So that's kind of my non-expert take, but I'm curious from your vantage point, how would you narrate the various transitions in the NFT space since you've really kind of been in the industry or or kind of been in been doing what you're doing with Upshot more specifically? Sure, yeah. So I, I think like where as of as of kind of halfway through last year, we're sort of wrapping up what I would call phase one of of the NFT life cycle. Phase one being we have this standard for representing anything on chain, any kind of non-fungible asset on chain via this like quite expressive data structure that is the ERC-721 standard. And we explored some of the kind of immediately obvious kinds of, of assets and experiments that could be built around this structure, largely around digital art, because that's low-hanging fruit when exploring some like early ideas around NFTs, as well as PFPs, which are largely experiments in online community building, online identity, media to a degree. And and obviously we saw this big bubble. We we saw a big kind of a lot of mania around NFTs in this first phase. And I think we're we're kind of in the early parts of of what I'll call phase two, which is around the financialization of NFTs. NFTs are an incredibly powerful data structure that I mentioned because they can allow they allow us to represent anything. We can we can quite literally bring anything on chain, um, and that's important because on chain is this highly composable, permissionless, decentralized environment where anyone can take arbitrarily kind of scoped building blocks or primitives and combine them to create more expressive, exotic, complicated primitives. And and that's why DeFi, for example, has been able to achieve the same level of innovation in three years that it's taken traditional finance decades and centuries in some cases to achieve. And so I think now we're laying the kind of financial groundwork for NFTs being more compatible with DeFi. And as this happens, this will be built and and brought to market largely with the NFTs that were explored in phase one, these PFPs, generative art to a degree, maybe some metaverse assets, just as as in a in a way to kind of use assets that already exist and have have adoption, have meaningful capital behind them. And then phase three will be really starting to push the boundaries of what NFTs themselves are. NFTs will begin to represent much more natively financial assets, both real world assets, as well as the myriad of, of kind of like traditional finance instruments that are non-fungible in nature and, and kind of completely novel financial instruments that can only exist in the, the kind of environment that, that we're building in. So that's, that's how I would break down kind of my mental model of, of the, the phases of, of NFT evolution and where we are right now. Yeah, really helpful. Okay, cool. So, you know, in your own words, what is Upshot? What are you guys building there in its totality? Sure. In, in a sentence, Upshot is financial infrastructure for NFTs. At the core of what we've built, what we're kind of best at is building out these ML models for pricing NFTs in near real time. We're producing near real time appraisals for, I think, we're supporting over 87,000 collections right now, and that's increasing every day. So for over 100 million NFTs, we're producing a new price for them sub-hourly. And that becomes a very kind of important building block for building some of the more interesting uh, pieces of financial infrastructure or financial primitives on top of NFTs, which is what we're, we're starting to expand into now. In addition to kind of exposing these appraisals and other ML slash quant driven analyses and metrics via our API, 
we're beginning to move vertically up this DeFi X NFT stack and building out NFT lending infrastructure, NFT indexes, working on on ways to bring NFT indexes to market via NFT perpetuals, working on some stuff around NFT AMMs. So really trying to take this, this foundational piece of infrastructure in real time, reliable price feeds for NFTs to create a, a robust and expressive suite of financial products around NFTs. Very cool. So I've obviously got a lot of questions about maybe specific products or offerings, but I'm curious, you know, from your perspective, just scanning the landscape of what you guys offer, which seems like a lot, you know, which offerings have, have seen kind of the most adoption and, and also kind of what's your thesis on why demand is so strong in those areas in particular right now? Sure. I think the the appraisals are obviously like what we started with. And so that's where a lot of, of early interest has come from. But there's obviously many uses of appraisals in, in different areas. I think one that we've seen kind of a special amount of, of growth and interest in recently is around NFT lending and how appraisals and other kind of tools that we've built can be used in, in creating kind of more efficient NFT lending markets or integrated into people's lending strategies and things like that. I think that's largely because before lending, NFTs were fairly limited in, in terms of the types of exposure you could get to them. You, they, they were long only. You only had spot markets. You were you were limited significantly in the, the size of positions, how you could hedge your, your exposure in different directions, stuff like that. And, and NFT lending, and especially given the size that it's grown to in a, a relatively short period of time, has offered people the first kind of vehicle for hedging against their NFT positions. So now people can essentially take out options against the downside of their NFT and guaranteeing them some level of, or some kind of sale price in the event of a, of a downward market movement. And obviously lending also opens the door for NFT leverage to a degree, but I think largely people are, are using these, these various lending products and platforms as, a, as, as one of the earlier kind of hedging vehicles in the NFT space. And I think that's where I, why there's a lot of interest around it right now. Got it. It makes a ton of sense. So, you know, you mentioned NFTs and DeFi kind of colliding. So I'm, I'm curious to dig in a little bit more on what Upshot's doing to, you know, really unlock kind of new types of financial innovation at that intersection. Anything you want to, anything you want to unpack there? Sure. Yeah. I think the reason, D, one of the core reasons DeFi and NFTs have, have, grown in isolation to date from my perspective is because nfts are an incredibly illiquid asset that don't have a reliable uh near real-time notion of of price and, and it, it was incredibly important to establish that as as its own primitive in order for nfts to kind of bridge the gap between nfts and DeFi. And so that that's really at the core of, of a lot of the things we're building with equipped with a near real time price feed for any NFT or any kind of basket of NFTs. You can then start to build with them in the same way that, that DeFi builds around the, the kind of set of fungible assets that exist. So that that's at the core of everything we're doing on the DeFi side. Got it. Got it. Very cool. So I'm curious from your vantage point too, like, what do you what do you consider the frontier space of NFTs right now? you know, in the space more broadly, where there's conversation about dynamic NFTs, you actually yourself touched on kind of the ability to bring literally anything on chain. So the, the real world asset conversation, I guess I'm curious from your perspective, like, would you consider these areas to be kind of the present frontier of the space? Or are there other areas that have you more excited, and that you're maybe positioning upshot to be valuable or useful for as well? Yeah, I think there's there's definitely a lot of interesting things in terms of experiments for what NFTs can represent. 
feels like those are a bit slower moving and, and in some cases will only be able to take place on these these kind of longer time horizons. I think real world assets always have this kind of optimistic film around them, around how fast they can be brought to market, how much value they can unlock. But real world assets are going to be a long term thing. That's not something that's going to come online next quarter or next year. This is going to happen over the course of kind of three to five years, probably more. And so I think a lot of the interesting stuff going on right now is is around the financial infrastructure being laid around NFTs. I think in particular, like we've seen lending, obviously, we've seen AMM start to emerge new new entrants in that space. But I think we'll start to see this massive unlock of, of value and an onboarding of significantly more capital as perpetual start to come online. Perpetuals are this tested means of enabling speculators to do what they do best and speculate. And when built around such an illiquid asset class that has closed off so much of that capital because of how illiquid it is, because of how esoteric a lot of these assets are, in some cases because of restrictions in different capital allocators, LPAs or various theses, perpetuals will be a vehicle that unlocks this kind of step function level increase in in the size of NFT markets. And so I think that's the most exciting thing going on right now. We'll see a lot more of that sort of come online in the next quarter plus. Yeah, super interesting. Okay, so, you know, tell me a little bit more about the NFT index methodologies that enable other projects and developers to kind of build those more expressive financial primitives for NFTs that you had mentioned earlier. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm just curious in general about that. And also, you know, really just some of the thinking around the usefulness of indexes more broadly within the NFT space. Is it a similar logic as indexes in TradFi equity markets? Or maybe you could talk a little bit more about that, too. Yeah, to a degree. I, I think indexes are, are a useful instrument in general because it, it abstracts the sort of asset discovery and portfolio management function from capital deployment, which is important for onboarding more capital and for, for kind of creating environments conducive for, I, I guess, like positions to be entered in size. And the NFT indexes aren't new. They've been tried before. I think a lot of the issues arise, one, from a lack of kind of reliable valuation infrastructure. NFT indexes to date have relied on on the floor prices of a few blue chips generally. And that's not a very representative valuation of kind of the different collections being tracked in these indexes. And indexes have also suffered significantly from this issue of capacity. NFT spot markets are quite illiquid. And in order for people to enter index positions in size, because that's that's sort of their purpose at the end of the day is to enable larger amounts of capital to, to be deployed in financial markets, we need to somehow get around this issue of ultra illiquid spot markets. And so our idea with these indexes is let's take our appraisals, which solve this pricing issue to a degree. Let's use this kind of real-time price feed that is representative of the spectrum of valuation that exists within a collection, not just on the floor, and then use this as a sort of price oracle for powering perpetuals built around these indexes. So now with price feed for indexes built on top of these appraisals and delivered in a in a semi-trustless way in, in the form of an oracle, we can begin to onboard this capital that's been on the side that maybe doesn't know anything about NFTs, just wants exposure to different parts of that market in the form of, of perpetuals kind of backed by these index price feeds. Got it. Super interesting. Okay. So a couple last questions here. You know, one question is kind of a recurring one here on the show where if I were to ask you the future of crypto is blank, how would you fill in the blank? And this is for kind of the space more broadly, not just NFTs in particular. 
Okay, interesting. That that is a that's a short sentence to start with. And I think the future of crypto is largely to be used and to a degree powered by AI. I, I think like we're moving towards this AI state where we're sort of experiencing the one of the, the kind of greatest like elevations of consciousness and and like deflationary productivity and, and things like that. And in, in a lot of ways, crypto is the the sort of ideal substrate by which these these kind of advanced actors or, or pieces of infrastructure can interact in economic engagements. And so I think like in a lot of ways, crypto or AI is the ideal end user of crypto. That is the product market fit of crypto is, is providing this economic substrate in this environment for these, these kind of more advanced autonomous agents to interact economically. Super interesting. Yeah. So, you know, similar kind of taking a step back question, but I know it's notoriously tough to make predictions in kind of the crypto world, right? A year is a long time. Six months is even kind of a long time. But if you were kind of pressed, like, hey, you know, one prediction for, you know, let's say the next 12 months could be regulatory, could be, you know, technology could be really anything that comes to mind. But, you know, what would one prediction be from you for this space? That's a good question. In general, I'm quite bullish at the moment. I, I think that's that's not a sentiment that's shared by by everyone right now. And I think 12 months from now that that gets proven out in a like a more like material way. I think a lot of the regulatory action happening right now is is overblown and an instance of of some agencies overplaying their hand and and will result in this this kind of resurgence of, of crypto in a lot of ways and and likely lead to another another bull market in a sense. And I, I think like maybe a slightly more, I guess, thematically consistent prediction is that perpetuals in, in for NFTs become one of the, the larger verticals in the crypto space and NFTs be, then begin to start to kind of represent more interesting financial assets and, and move away from these kind of PFPs that have dominated the space to date. Love it. Yeah. Okay. So Nick, two last questions here. First question would be, what would your most generalizable advice be for founders building in crypto right now? And also maybe kind of just tacking on the end, like what, what would you impart to yourself, you know, as you're starting, if you were talking to yourself, starting this journey, like what advice would you want to impart to you to really to yourself? Interesting question. Advice for people wanting to build in crypto right now. I think it's quite easy to become emotional about this these these really short cycles that crypto has crypto is is very up and down it's a very volatile market obviously and and that will have a, a kind of material effect on on sort of your mental model of the space and make you question things around assumptions or hypotheses you're making on a on a fairly regular basis and i think it's important to have a fairly grounded and and centered perspective on the space that is kind of cycle agnostic and and that's really the only way to i i i think kind of live through these incredibly volatile times and, and like cycles that is crypto and advice for my earlier self, or if I were starting this now, I don't know. I, I, I would, I, I feel like I, I try to practice this regularly already, but I, I think it's important to look in the places for ideas, for kind of designs of things, for perspectives that other people aren't looking. I think like when we started Upshot, for example, looking at this 
largely unrelated, very nascent field of academic research that was pure prediction allowed us to sort of come up with ideas and, and different sort of influences for mechanisms uh, that that other people weren't looking at at the time. And that, that benefited us in a lot of ways. And I, I think there is this is something that is, is sort of easy to overlook as there's a ton of information flowing everywhere. There are various echo chambers you can get lost in, but I think it's important to maintain that that sort of idiosyncratic uh, perspective and, and mode of operation. So that's probably the advice I'd, I'd give myself just to yeah. keep doing that. That's great advice. So Nick, okay, what are you guys working on right now? And what's the best way for people to follow along on the journey? Sure. Yeah. Working on a bunch of things. We're improving our API offering around appraisals and other kind of ML analyses we've been doing. Um, and we'll be bringing to market a bunch of kind of new DeFi primitives in the next couple of months. We've already deployed some of our lending products. We'll, we'll be deploying kind of future versions of our lending strategies shortly. We've been working on these NFT indexes and bringing them to market as perpetuals. And there's some other interesting things in the, in the kind of like NFT liquidity landscape. So those should all be coming to market shortly. And the best place to, to follow along is probably on, on Twitter. Upshot HQ is our handle. And from there, you can get access to our website. You can sign up for our newsletter. You can join our Discord, whatever you'd like. Perfect, Nick. Thank you so much for the insight and the time. I hope you have a great rest of your week. And thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, bye-bye.